This episode is brought to you by McDonald's. Not sure you've heard of them. <laughs> Up and coming uh, little restaurant, but they're making it. They're the little engine that could. You know, the moment of bliss when you spot your fries being scooped into the carton and suddenly time slows down. I have that all the time. I love their fries. Oh, yeah. yes. McDonald's fries hit different when they're free. That's another thing I'll tell you. And when they belong to your friends, there's no better feeling than thinking you're out of fries and then you discover extra fries at the bottom of your bag or else my son still hasn't finished his fries yeah. and I'm done with mine. And uh, he used to be weaker than me so I could just take them. Yeah. Now I can't because he's stronger than me. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's no wrong way to eat McDonald's fries, but we all think our way is the best way. And I like stealing them from someone else. That's my favorite <laughs> way. Get your favorite McDonald's fries today. McDonald's, check them out sometime. They're everywhere. From your morning podcast to your afternoon playlist, you know you personalize your entire day. That's why State Farm helps you personalize your insurance with the State Farm Personal Price Plan. That's a lot of bees. Yeah. It offers coverage options that help protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you. That's important. You want an affordable price. Yeah, I do want one. Yeah, if it's too much, well, that's just not going to happen. No. <laughs> State Farm's on it. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices vary by state. I'm lowering my voice. Mm, Options selected by customer. Availability and eligibility may vary. Hi, my name is Rivers Cuomo. And I feel excited about being Conan O'Brien's friend. Hey there. Welcome to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. Joined, as always, by my uh, steady compatriots, Sona Mosesian, mm -hmm. my assistant who does little or nothing for me, yeah. and uh, Matt Gorley. Oh, you do a great yeah. job, Matt, by the way. Yeah, I hate to draw a wedge between the two of you, but- Yes, uh, you, you love that. Yeah, yeah, thank you, and I won't accept that until you compliment my friend, Sona Mosesian. Sona, you're very good uh, at being famous for doing nothing. Uh, You've written a book about it, accept it. Yeah. Uh, and he's not wrong. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it just, it's just- You're the stinks. Picasso of screwing around. <laughs> I, I am very good at it. I've been good at it my whole life. But I think <laughs> when you start off like that and then go to Matt and say, oh, you're great. Oh, he just nails stings. it. Okay. Nails it. Nails I'm it. the Picasso of nailing it. Exactly. <laughs> um, you know, it was fun. We just, before we were recording, there's guitars in the studio today. And uh, so I picked up an acoustic and started screwing around with it. And then you picked up an acoustic, Matt, and started playing. And it was kind of fun and we never do that. No. We never play together. Uh, and I started joking around that it would be <laughs> amusing to me if suddenly the format of this show <laughs> changed to <laughs> you and I playing kind of mediocre to okay acoustic duos together and Sona just quietly listening. Yeah, no musical and, um, ability. We'd still, we'd still book great guests and they would come and they'd be out in the hallway, but we wouldn't ever bring them in. <laughs> and it would, you, you and I just doing this stuff. And then of course, our overlord, Adam Sachs would keep coming to us and saying, oh, guys, <laughs> 
the numbers are really, the downloads are just tanking. <laughs> and we're like, hey man, we're just, we're making some great music together and we're just really enjoying the vibes. <laughs> that's and you talking? That's me talking after a couple of- uh, It's a helium? Changed. You know, some helium and uh, a mixture of helium and sweet, sweet Mary Jane. <laughs> but, uh, but you and I just noodling and then you'd be like, oh yeah, yeah here's one from- uh, you know, Amy, what you gonna do? And we're just playing what? and <laughs> I think that I could be with you for a while, maybe longer, if I, I do. Ooh, ooh. Yeah. And we were doing that kind of stuff and people were really getting turned off by it, but you and I were having a good time. Uh-huh. How long would this last before? A day? Well, Adam, jump in here. A You're day? A per- Adam, I want your actual opinion of when, how quickly would we be shut down as a podcast? Be honest. I think the first few episodes, the numbers would probably be okay. People just would think it's people, a joke. They think they it's a joke. Really, yeah, they wouldn't right. really understand. And then right. by episode four or five, people would start to say, oh, I guess this is what the show is now. I'm not interested anymore. Yeah, thank you. That um, was generous. That was episode so, four or five. Yeah. And also that they're just like, I'm not interested anymore rather than fuck this. Yeah. <laughs> right. Fuck this shit. Violently angry. Um, also, keep in mind, we're st- I'd s- insist that we still book because we get amazing guests yeah. and we'd still, people would say like, you know, you know, whatever, who, who? Tom Hanks. Yeah. Tom Hanks is here and he's out, he's outside because we booked him and he's ready to talk and he's got some funny stories he wants to I share. I guess technically we, we could still put Tom Hanks' name on the episode. Yes. yes. Right. So oh, no, no. That's exactly so that right. still say yeah. like our guest yeah. today is Tom Hanks. He's out there. We'll get to him in a second. Um, Amy, what's the matter you? What was your song? Amy, what you gonna do? I think that I could be with you. I gotta get out of this band. I would love it if there was a musician, a really well-known musician who wants to join you guys. Oh, oh, and we don't let him in. Right. Oh, we don't let him in. No, so James James Taylor. Yes. James Taylor is in the hallway. He's been booked and he hears Matt and I playing and he's like, oh, well, you know, they're, as am- for amateurs, they're okay. I'd love to go in and help nah, them. Nah, we're and good, buddy. We're like, we got it. We're good. Why don't you run along, Mr. Fire and Rain? Thanks a lot, sweet baby James. Yeah. We got it covered. Why don't you skedaddle? We got this going. Hey, is Carly Simon single? Yeah. <laughs> but I just love it. And, and then Adam occasionally like, um, I think Tom Hanks is about to leave. And we're like, let him go. <laughs> we don't need him. <laughs> the hill you're going to you know? die on. And then I'm, yeah. And yeah. then I'm just like, Matt, why don't you just start us out and see. Uh-huh. And, uh, and I'll do some finger picking and then it'll be kind of a blues progression. And you're like, uh, yeah, uh, Tom just got in his car <laughs> and he's leaving. <laughs> he's looked pissed. <laughs> and I, you never see Tom Hanks pissed, but he's pissed. Yeah. yeah and yeah, then yeah. you're like, well, I mean, you know. And this is, these are original songs. They're not even They'd songs have to people be because know. We couldn't clear the music. So oh, we couldn't clear the music. Yeah. Yeah. These aren't original be. songs. These are highly original songs. Highly original. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that, the Amy one, I've never, that's a. Uh, no, that well, a I, was, I, I was sort of riffing off of um, the famous song, Amy, by. Amy, what you want to do? I think I can be with you Is it for famous? a while, maybe longer if I do. That's quite a well known. Is that famous? I don't know that song. Yeah, it's a, I know that's a quite song. famous song. Oh, sorry. I mean, that, Here, that sounded play it. good. Play it just for a second. I know we can't clear it. <laughs> <laughs> AMY? Don't anger me. 
Just a couple days to spell it. Pay me what you want to do. I can't believe no one knows this song. I do. I think I'm shocked Matt doesn't know. I don't know it. Maybe I'll know it when I hear the real version. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not a... Did I say I think it? it's by the, is it by the Pure Prairie yes, League? Yes, Pure Prairie League. Oh, right. It's A-M-I-E. It's A-M-I-E. It's spelled A-M-I-E. Oh! Yeah, oh. exactly. Oh. And what did you say? Wow. I said, is it A-M-Y? Right, and I said, don't anger me. Because <laughs> obviously, it's A-M-I-E, <laughs> no. Eduardo. No. Oh, no. So guess what? Chalk up another one You're for Conan Never Wrong O'Brien. <laughs> Got it, Wario. <laughs> wow. When you said AMY, I was like, ah, uh, yeah, Eduardo. AMY. God, I'm never wrong. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm with Conan because if it was spelled that way, the song would go, AMY, what you gonna do? Yeah. So just uh, think just about play it. a second just of it. Just think about it. I do know the song. Uh, now I do. <laughs> now I know it. Now we can't play any of what we're hearing right now. Is that right? Probably not. Probably. We'll have to talk to them. Oh, about it. This is the kind of music we'd be playing. Yeah, Matt. for sure. It's like skiffle folk. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I'm going to get you to the chorus. That's spelled C H O R U S. That's K. <laughs> chorus. K O R U S. Got it. Asshole. <laughs> God, no one can spell around here. Here we go. And I name a diddle diddle. <laughs> Never heard what this you song. Go? You've never heard the song? I've never heard this song in my whole life. Stay with you. I'm not so sure. For a while, maybe <laughs> oh, this I know. Okay. Yes. Okay. All right. Okay. No yeah. Yeah. This. Okay. Really... It's listen. Pure Prairie League. That's the kind of music that you and I are going to yeah. play. It's real hip. <laughs> real hip. New music. Okay. Yeah. I can't tell if you're being sarcastic. I'm or not. being very sarcastic. I still can't tell. It's not I even. It's not blindness. even '70s yeah. music. Everyone's heard. No, no. <laughs> the, what, my point is that's the kind of music that Gorley and I would really dig right. down into. Right. We'd make our own versions of it. You know. Oh, Cynthia, <laughs> you always were my gal. Oh, oh, Cynthia, I think of you as my pal, as my pal, as my pal. When will you lay me down in bed? Oh. Well, that, is, that, is that someone who's infirm? Yeah. <laughs> That's I'm, someone who... Uh huh. Would you please carry me to the toilet? <laughs> Would you please lay me on the bowl? My legs are numb and I'm incontinent and I'm afraid. That kind of song? Mm -hmm. Shitting out my guts is my goal. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. See, you and I are the Lennon and McCartney of awful something. Nope. Yeah. A terrible thing. But I think you mean Vladimir Lennon. Yes. And Linda McCartney. <laughs> 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 always defend Linda McCartney. I love that woman. So will I. Cool. I'm saying. Uh, what, I, what I'm saying is um, that's the kind of music. It'll be all originals. And we would do that. It's book bad. big guests. That's and they would leave. Now, Adam, how soon before the big guests stop showing up when word gets around town that Hanks showed up, it was turned away because we were playing our shitty music. Um, you know, James Taylor was turned away from joining us. They showed up to promote something and to talk and they didn't get on the air. How soon would? Would the word get out? Oh. 
instantly I in think. the podcast yeah. community. Yeah. I would, yeah. And you think that would be a negative for us in terms of booking future people? It would. We'd have to talk to Paula and, and Gina and the other bookers, but I think it would happen very quickly. Well, the hear me out. What about really a live show where we announce the guest and the guest shows up, but Conan and I just play on stage and the guest never comes on stage and they can leave whenever they want to leave. But once they go in that room, technically they were there for the show. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Their name yeah. is going on. Yeah. The, the name's title. on the marquee. Yeah. yeah. And the name's going on the title of the podcast. I think what uh, Adam is saying, and I, I don't disagree. My guess is once we uh, it continuously uh, evict top talent from our show mm -hmm. without letting them speak, word would get out. Yeah. I think we'll we'd never to... know until we do a year of this. No. <laughs> Wait, what am I, what am I doing? Am you, I just sitting here? You're sitting and you you contractually have to nod like man. <laughs> contractually have to, you, you would make me pretend to enjoy You contractually it. have to nod and sort of be like, and occasionally you'd have to say, Man, you guys are in a good groove. No, yes. hard pass. Not, not erase, if you, erase if you say it. No, honestly, there's not enough money in the world. $175 every time you say you guys are in a really good God, groove. You guys are in a really good groove. Yes! Oh. Eduardo, yes! You're a sellout. And guess what? You just lost a sweet gig to Eduardo. Okay. Eduardo knows oh, how this game is played. Gig? And that $175 comes out of your paycheck. Exactly. <laughs> Praise or pay. Yes, right. Praise or pay. Praise, Praise or pay. Which is our next song. <laughs> Let's go into it. You've got to praise or pay. Yeah, I uh, I love this. Look, I don't think we're going to do this because I love the format we have. Yeah. But I do have a sickness, which is I always think of, and we've I think we've talked about this, what's the worst thing I could do? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> this one's up there. This, this, one's is, up there. this is really up there. Yeah. We have a nice thing going here with this podcast. This would tank it. Really quickly. Yeah, it yeah. would. It yeah. would. It would be bad. Right, I won't do that. And I especially don't want to thank our podcast today because mm -hmm. we have an amazing guest. My guest today is a singer-songwriter, lead guitarist, and vocalist of the Grammy award-winning rock band Weezer. Good God, I love Weezer. This year, the band has taken on a very ambitious new project called Seasons, releasing one album on the first day of each season. Autumn has uh, recently dropped. It's out there now. And the final album of the series, Seasons, uh, winter will be released on December 21st. It's a very cool idea. I'm thrilled he's with us today. Rivers Cuomo, welcome. You have a very special place in my heart because way back in the beginning of my life on television, you guys came on the show. I think it might've been your first television appearance. Mm -hmm. It was Weezer's first 1994, appearance. 1994, probably. 1994. At the time we were doing anything we could to try and tell people what we were trying to be about, not just in comedy, but in music too. And uh, you guys came on, did the sweater song, and I just watched it this morning. And <laughs> you guys are amazing. I'm horrified by my appearance. <laughs> I, I, um, <laughs> I'm just so young and so green. And when you guys finish, I mean, it's amazing. Your performance is absolutely amazing. I walk over and shake all of your hands and it looks like your lawyer has come in. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, so I just wasn't myself yet on TV, but I was such a fan and uh, your performance was so true to the song itself. I mean, you start with this sort of party talk and, and muttering. And I think to a TV audience at the time, they were probably thinking, what is this? But it was so great and I just watched it now and it just makes me so happy that after all these years, you guys are still thriving 
Um, I've made it into podcasts, which is very hard to do. <laughs> very hard to go from from television to podcasting. It's, it's nice. I love it any time in my life when the circle gets completed. So thanks so much for being here. Yeah, yeah. It's very cool. It's cool when there's some continuity in this in crazy entertainment business and you see the same faces again. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Well, I refuse to go away. That's basically- <laughs> Same here. <laughs> that's, my, that's my showbiz uh, motto. I have to say, I was, I was trying to think today, Weezer, what is it about your music, Rivers, that gets to me? And, and I will say it is incredibly unique. Like it is, there's no one else. I just keep listening to the riffs. I keep listening to the construction of the song and it just never sounds like anybody else. Uh, in and I mean that in the most complimentary way. It's just I always know it's you when mm. a song starts, and it's just f fantastic. And I don't know. So I guess part of where I wanted to start was figuring out where that comes from. Your approach to music. All right, I'm I'm actually thinking of the sweater song now because um, you just <laughs> mentioned it. But mm -hmm. I remember the moment I came up with that riff. Yeah. I was about 20, 21 years old, and I had been exposed to cool music finally after moving to LA from Connecticut. Got a job at Tower Records and started listening to Sonic Youth and Pixies and Velvet Underground. And I was like, okay, I'm going to try to write a Velvet Underground song. <laughs> and I sat down and came up with the, the sweater song riff. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yes, this is so cool. A couple years went by, we got signed, put out a record, it blew up, very happy. 1995, we we ended up uh, playing this big festival in New York City, and Lars Ulrich was there from Metallica, <sighs> and I saw him backstage. Yeah, and it, the truth was, I was a huge metal head in, sure. in in high school, and that's really how I learned how to play my instrument. And so, uh, I, I, it suddenly occurred to me, like the sweater song, that riff, it's actually very similar to Metallica's Sanitarium. <laughs> and if you, if you play them next to each other, they're, they're pretty much identical. Just one <laughs> sweater songs in a major key. <laughs> so I, I had to tell him that right then and there. That's what I told him when I met him. And how him. did Lars take it? He's totally cool. Um, uh, we, we just ran into him again. Yeah. He's, he's, uh, just, just very, very cool. And, because uh, recently we we covered uh, Enter Sandman and mm -hmm. it's been in our set recently and we we ended up playing with them this summer and we were so close to to playing Enter Sandman right before they went on and we asked him like hey is it cool if we play it and he said yeah that would mean we don't have to play it <laughs> <laughs> so did you play it no we didn't we chickened out oh man that would have been amazing <laughs> would have what would the crowd have done I guess they I mean it would that's be, the question yes <laughs> that is the question well Metallica would have to play the sweater song yeah I know uh, yeah <laughs> yeah um, I'd, I'd pay to see that too I uh, it reminds me of. I know a comedian who's also a musician, uh, is a really brilliant guy named Andy Breckman, who's written for Saturday Night Live and a million other things. And um, he famously opened for Don McLean once at a festival. And what he did... <laughs> Oh, he, no. he played American Pie <laughs> and did the whole thing. And Don McLean was not happy. 
just kills me. <laughs> that just kills me. But yeah, I mean, Metallica could handle it because they've got a million songs, you know. Uh, not so Don McLean. Sorry, Don. <laughs> well, he's got the Van Gogh song. He's and, listening. Yeah. Oh, trust me. Avid fan. Avid fan. Did you start, you know, because you talk about, I, I know you, you grow up on the East Coast. You're in uh, New York City and then you're in like Rochester and you're in Connecticut. Is it the guitar where it all starts for you? Where does it start? Yeah, in recent years, I've I've really gotten into piano. I just love it, um, especially Beethoven. I play Beethoven every night on my Discord server. Just like 20 people show up, but I just play through the sonatas over and over. It, it, it's just makes me feel incredible. It doesn't matter what happened during the day. I just feel great. And what is it about Beethoven? I love <clears throat> that I'm acting like this Beethoven guy, but specifically, um, what is it about his music that's getting you right now? Oh, I've always loved it since right. I was a teenager, but um, now I can semi-play it. So that's, yeah, it's it's just, uh, I don't know. He's like, it's just how my brain works. He just he just gets my attention and he keeps it and takes me to all these different places. And it's such an emotional ride. Uh, mo put on Mozart and I space out after five seconds. Can't get into it. Right. So, Tim, uh, you mentioned that it's now, it's about piano for you. Are you teaching yourself? Do you have uh, a tutor? Uh, no, I don't really, I'm not, I just play Beethoven, really. <laughs> I'm not not learning how to play. And then I jam, too. I know, but you're angering me because <laughs> that's enraging me how well, talented no, you are. I'm I, sorry. It's just making me mad. <laughs> I started in earnest about six years ago. So uh -huh. every every night I would just start playing. And, it, you know, take, at that time it would take me a week to get through one sonata. And now, now it's like two days. I mean, sorry. Two evenings of yeah, some two hours to get through a sonata. I'm I'm kind of blown away by that. Yeah. I uh, my relationship. I I love playing music. I love hacking around on guitar, but it has never been intuitive for me. I don't have that, which is, uh, and I've always really envied people that have that ability to hmm. figure it out, hear something, and then it goes through their brain, and they then they can make it happen with their hands. I need to actually, I need to figure out what is that shape, and I need to memorize it. Mm. And that's how it works for me. And hmm. um, that's <clears throat> why that is not my profession. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm really amazed, like, I'm trying to think of you as a kid, and you're listening to classical music, but you're also, I'm sure, listening to- Heavy metal. Heavy metal. And at what point do you say, I need to get my own guitar? Is that pretty early on? Yeah, it was eighth, uh, last day of, of eighth grade. Um, there was a performance by some other eighth, grader, eighth grade boys. They, they went up and did Metal Health by Quiet Riot in front, yeah. of, in front of the whole school. <laughs> and these were kids I knew, and they were just regular kids, and yet they were playing these instruments, and it just sounded incredible. It was, it was just magic. I was like... I, I should be able to do this. And I got, I got a guitar and started a cover band, did a bunch of metal songs and, and then moved out to LA with my metal band. And we thought we were going to make it like that, but it didn't pan out. And uh, yeah, so whatever happened to you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I never think, made it in music. And then what happened? I, I think getting, that's how it sounded for a second. Sorry. Well, getting uh, the job at, at tower really helped me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I got exposed to all different kinds of music, N not just the the latest cool music, but also going back to the '60s and hearing the Beach Boys and and the Beatles and 
uh, and then talking to other employees there. Some of them have been, you know, they were kind of lifers at Tower Records and they're yeah. just so knowledgeable. What year is this now? This is like early 90s? Yeah, 90, 91. Yeah. And I met met the Weezer guys through through my uh, co-workers there and and we formed the band. And the the band is named it's a it's a nickname <clears throat> that you had as a kid? Yeah, that's what my dad called me when I was very young. I don't know why, well no. Yeah. Uh I asked him why'd you call me Weezer and he said it was after the 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 kid in the little rascals there was a character named Weezer. Oh, yeah. Was there a Weezer? Yeah. There was like a Froggy for a while, and he probably grew too old, and they put in Weezer or something like that. I always needed a weird-sounding kid or something. Uh, But So I said, why him? And he said, because he's the cool one. Uh Oh, that's cool. (laughs) Same reason I had a band called You Little Shit. (laughs) 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 Thank you, Dad. <laughs> we didn't really go anywhere. He's it's also my favorite it, little rascal. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. <laughs> so now, where else can you go surfing and skiing the same day, huh? I don't know. Or check out a world-class art museum and then camp at a dark sky sanctuary that night, huh? Uh, yeah. Yeah, where else can you hike through Redwoods and then get a luxury spa treatment? Where? Well, you live there. California. (laughs) California, Sona. No matter where you go across the state, you'll find a way to play. I'm a California resident. So, Sona, you are a lifelong California resident. I'm a lifer. I love this place. This is a beautiful state. Gorgeous. So many different, wonderful ecosystems in one state. You can hang out by a Palm Springs pool. You know, you can go whale watching, you can go hiking in Yosemite, and then uh, talk about the great cities in California. You get all this amazing food, sushi, whatever you want, they got it in California. Hey, if you can't find it in California, man, you got a problem. Yeah. I shouldn't have done that. I made that up on my own. Anyway, I love California. Discover why California is the ultimate playground. Head to visitcalifornia.com to start planning your trip today. Conor Brian Needs a Friend is sponsored by ADT, introducing ADT Self Setup, featuring everything from motion sensors to Google Nest Cam and the Nest Doorbell with a battery or wired option. Your choice. Easily install the ADT Self Setup security system at your convenience. You don't need heavy-duty tools. And if you do need help, ADT can provide virtual assistance along the way. Self Setup from ADT grows, moves, and adapts as your needs change. You can add more products at any time, and your system easily moves wherever life takes you. It also features Nest Cams that can tell the difference between a person, an animal, a vehicle, or with the Nest Doorbell, even a package. These things are getting so smart. Plus, when every second counts, you can trust ADT's 24-7 professional monitoring. You can view video of an alarm event and verify or cancel an alarm with just one quick tap. Now everyone can get trusted security from ADT installed your way with no long-term contracts. When the most trusted name in home security as the intelligence of Google, well, you've got a home with no worries. Go to ADT.com today or call 1-800-ADT-ASAP. Google, Nest Cam, Nest Doorbell, and Nest Aware are all trademarks of Google LLC. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform. And one source of truth. This is unbelievable. I've been talking about this idea for years. I know. I want you to explain it more. I can. Okay. With NetSuite, 
You reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required access from anywhere. I had this idea years ago. <laughs> I was telling people no one listened to me. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems. Remember when I said that? Yeah. Because you've got one unified, unified business, business management, management suite. suite. You yes. said that. Yeah. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math, man. Yeah. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash Conan, netsuite.com slash Conan. I'm going to say it one more time just for emphasis, netsuite.com. Slash Conan. It always makes sense to me when people have kind of disparate references. So classical's in there. There's also heavy metal and then uh, Beach Boys. And some people think, well, you know, does that make sense or is that contradictory? And I just love, there's always a, a great melodic quality to uh, your music that I really like. And no matter how hard it gets, that mel those melodic changes are still there. I think that's one of the hardest things to do. So the Beach Boys reference makes absolute sense to me. Yeah, I, I should also say that all through school, I was in choir, chorus, and barbershop quartet, and magical singers, musical theater, that kind of stuff. So I was singing very melodic music from a young age. You guys put together that first Weezer album. It's a huge success. That's the time that I encounter you. Do you remember that now is like a really happy time? Some people have a hard time digesting that kind of success. <laughs> you know, it was, it's a huge, it was a huge deal. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if that was particular to our generation, but it seemed like a whole lot of bands tried their best to, to make it. And when they finally made it, they became very miserable mm -hmm. and felt like this was the last thing they wanted. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if that still happens to young young artists, but it seemed like it happened to a lot of ours. It did happen to you guys? <clears throat> yeah. I <laughs> After a year on tour, I was like, screw this. And I, I went back to college. That's right. And and what the thing that you hated about it was touring, repetition, um, being on a bus, you know, that kind of stuff? Yeah. It, it was just, it was utterly mind-numbing and, and boring and... Um, just singing the same songs over and over and there's tons of travel, packing, unpacking, and none of it was interesting. Mm -hmm. um, and I just craved some kind of intellectual stimulation. So I went back to school. Um, you and I were at the same college. Yeah. times, but you went to, you, so you, you applied to Harvard when, when you're already a rock star, is that correct? Yeah, we were on tour. And with you know, a hit out, a monster hit album. Yeah. And you decide, and this is what a lot of rock stars do. They have a monster hit and they say, you know what? I think it's time to apply to an Ivy League school. <laughs> yeah, we were we were playing Boston. So I, I, I just went up to the, the campus and got an application and filled it out. And I couldn't believe it, but they accepted me. Yeah, I think there are a lot of people right now going, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I went in, it's like you applied for a job at CVS. <laughs> um, so you, you get accepted and suddenly you're at Harvard. Don't people know, oh shit, that guy over there who's in my Ec 10 class and who I just saw getting veal parmesan <laughs> at the Adams House dining room, that's, he's a rock star. Did they know? 
not until the last day of school uh, because, well, uh, most of our fans at that time were like 10 years old, literally. Mm-hmm. We, we connected to a very young uh, group of kids and it wasn't really like a college audience. Right. Also, it's kind of hard to remember, but at that time there was no sense of like me as the front man or mm-hmm. like famous or anything. It was mm-hmm. more, people knew the name Weezer and they knew a couple songs, but that was about it. And I grew a very long beard and long hair. And I, I had, I was undergoing this, this, uh, procedure on my leg that, so I was walking with a cane. I just look like some really weird, super old, weird guy. <laughs> that why is he in this class? I don't, um, and, you know, I'd, I'd be riding the bus with, with, uh, with other students that were wearing Weezer shirts that didn't even, you know, they had no idea it was me. Oh, I just God. love that. Wow. You'd be on a bus at Harvard as a, as a student, uh, and people are wearing Weezer shirts and they don't know that you have any connection to that band. Yeah. So on the last day of school, after, after the full year um, in my music class, I, I remember, one, you know, having a conversation with some other kids and one, one of them said, so, so what are you doing for the summer? I was like, uh, I think we're going on tour with no doubt. And uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, cool. Are you working on a tour or something? <laughs> and no, no, I'm in Weezer and that, you know, minds were blown at that moment. That's right. And they're like, so you're a roadie for Weezer? And you're like, no, you're the accountant. No. You mentioned your leg. I want to bring this up quickly because I actually uh, know someone who went through the same procedure. Oh. Uh, you were born one, one leg, uh, shorter than the other. Is that right? Yeah. When I was born, they were even, but as I got taller, um, my right leg just couldn't keep up for some reason. And yeah, by the time I was full grown, it was, it was almost two inches shorter than the left leg. Wow. Mm. Wow. So yeah, there's, there's a procedure. I think they still do it called the Elizaroff pr- they, procedure. They still do it. And I, I know, um, good friends of ours, uh, their child went through it and it's when you hear about it, it almost sounds medieval. Yeah, this procedure, but it works. Yeah, you want to describe it? If- it's it's pretty basic. They uh, in my case, it was my femur. So they uh, they uh, cut they cut your femur in half, and then they screw this cage around uh, around your your leg mm-hmm. um, and into your bone. And then uh, every day, you turn four screws on this cage, and it kind of separates either end of it a millimeter. So over the course of a couple months. It's separated two two inches, and and the bone the as the, it's doing that, the, bone the bone's grows. kind of growing in the middle. Oh my god! Wow! But it must be. I mean, <clears throat> is that incredibly painful to turn those screws? Um. Yeah, it was, it was pretty painful. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm. <laughs> I know I asked a really stupid question, <laughs> and I'll own that. But um, and I'll admit that I knew the answer, but I <laughs> I wanted you. <laughs> I, I just, I, I cannot believe, and I, as I said, I know someone who went through this and it was very successful, but I really, I really felt for this young woman and I felt for the, the parents because I just thought I can't imagine turning those screws every day. Um, yeah, it's, it, I, yeah, I feel sad when I think about a, a little kid doing it. And I, and I saw kids at the hospital doing it same time as me. And it's, yeah, you feel bad for them. Because they didn't, you know, I signed up for it. I wanted to do it. I was excited. But it worked. It was successful. Well, it didn't work. Well, that's the thing is it works a lot better for kids. Their oh. their bones just grow. And uh, even and for me at 25 already, the bone just wasn't filling in. So 
I had to screw it back together again (laughs) and then start over and start stretching it. And uh, it still didn't grow. So they ended up, after a year of that, they took uh, some bone out of my hip, ground it up and and stuck it into the space between the two halves of my femur. And then that finally took. Oh my God. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I'm sorry. That just took my breath away. That is, no, I mean, I'm sorry you went through that. Uh, but my God, it just, you know, do you want to ask him again if it was painful? Well, okay. (laughs) I I actually do. So you take a little aspirin? What leave? What do you do? No, uh, (laughs) I, I took a, a a wonderful, uh, opiate called Demerol. And, uh, I, I had no experience with those kind of pills, uh, until that point. And I really came to love it. <laughs> I, I'm hoping you still don't love it. I'm hoping that I, I try my best to avoid those kind of painkillers, if at all possible, because they're so good. Um, I do have to say, and I've, I've been on record as saying this before, the few times in my life when I've required a professional level major league uh, painkiller or opiate, um, I've been the happiest I've ever been yeah. in my life. Yeah. And that's a terrible thing to, and no one should do them. But I, <laughs> like I, I understood, I understood yeah. where Keith Richards and everyone was coming from, but no, terrible. And the other silver lining is the way it affected my voice. So on our second record, I actually went to do the vocals when I was in the middle of this, of this procedure. And man, just something in my voice just... I can hear what I've gone through and, and the, the physical suffering, it comes out in, in this very beautiful, sad tone in my voice. Mm-hmm. And there's just, I don't think there's any other way to get that. You know, it's uh, such a cliche, the hunger artist, that great art has to come, you know, there has to be pain and everyone has their own version of that. But, um, uh, you know, and clearly I don't wish pain on anybody, but something does come from this, I would think. Do you agree with that? That you get something? I mean, other than just a longer leg, you that this is somehow influential in your creative process or no? Uh, yeah, I, I, I think that, I mean, it's, it depends on how you feel about that album. Cause it, I mean, it was a big flop when it came out. Still, a lot of people don't, don't like it. You don't hear it on the radio, but for other people, it's their favorite Weezer album, and there's there's something really special on it. There's, uh, I love it, and there's, I know at the time it was not considered, it was not a commercial success, and critics didn't like it. I think it's been reevaluated since then. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm, I'm a little skeptical because I feel like the only people who bother to go back and reevaluate an album from 1996 are the people who kind of already love it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to ask the people who gave it such bad reviews when it originally came out, hey, what do you think of it now? It's hard to, I mean, who knows what they're doing now? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, they may not still be reviewing music. I mean, that's the other thing I learned early on is with criticism is they didn't like what I was doing in 93 and 94. And there were a lot of people who didn't. And I understand where they were coming from. Um, I just decided to keep going and if I ran into them today, I would like to think I'd have a pleasant conversation with them. And, and I, cause I don't want to have that. Hey man, why didn't you like, are you thinking then? of someone specific? <laughs> <laughs> there's too many actually. Okay. <laughs> there's, there's too many people. I, uh, 
Um, That's weird because as a somebody who's just watching your show back then, it would never have occurred to me there's people that don't like you. Well, that's sweet. It's so funny because I just think of throwing it back to you, Weezer, you bet you guys have endured for so long and done such good work. And there's so much great stuff there that you have a conversation with anybody. I don't see, you know, nobody knows or really cares how your second album was received. Do you mm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which is the way, which is really nice. Yeah. They're looking at the whole, they're looking at the body of work. Yeah. So I know you went through that period and that was rough, but you decided you guys kept going and then just, you've been killing it ever since. I mean, that's, I think longevity, longevity is almost impossible in music. You know, it's hard in comedy, but I think it's almost impossible in music, especially mm. popular music. So that's got to feel amazing. It's been a long time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what else to compare it to. This is the only life I've lived as far as I know. So it seems pretty normal. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's n- not a lot of the same bands that uh, we started with are, are still going. What do you think has helped? Because the band dynamic is so impossibly, it can be so corrosive and bands usually just end up splintering, falling apart into a million pieces. What is it do you think has helped you guys stick it out? Uh, well, first of all, we really need each other, uh, but we were way more successful together than any of us would be separately. Mm-hmm. And so we're kind of stuck, we're stuck together. And then just getting older and uh, getting married to uh, other people, uh, women, not us, uh, not each other. <laughs> and going, so you didn't all marry each other. <laughs> well, I'm uh, sorry, I read this article. My research, who's doing the fucking research here? It's just here, and then in 1998, the band all married each other. This unconventional right was sanctioned by the, okay, well, anyway. <laughs> uh, that, that would not have worked. <laughs> I want you to think about it. What do you think it is about you guys all getting married, which some people might think that would pull you apart actually helped helped you sustain? Because you learn how to communicate yeah. with, you know, in, in your in your marriage, you, ha- you have to. And li- likely, um, yeah, yeah your, your partner can teach you so much about communicating. And then in, in my case, so I've been in couples therapy for many years and just learning, learning how to communicate and then I bring that back to the band. And it now like things that caused so much problem in, when we're in our early 20s in the band and in some cases caused ruptures and like all that stuff would have been avoidable with better communication that we have now. That's, um, I have found that as time has gone on, I look at myself in my 20s and 30s and I was so driven and so ambitious and kind of, I don't want to uh, I mean, puritanical about this is comedy and sacred and it must be this way and it's the only way it can be. And and then I attributed a lot of my mellowing to, I've become more sophisticated and I've, you know, I've become, you know, my, my marriage of 20 years has really helped me and my children. And I do, you know, I, I've come up with all these ways in which I've become wiser. And then uh, my wife's mom, my mother-in-law, who's very smart and uh, a therapist, she said, well, your testosterone level fell. <laughs> and I went, what? And she went, testosterone levels with men, they drop and yours has, you know, fallen precipitously, uh, which is why uh, you're so feminine now and easy to get along with. And I, 
was like, oh, okay. okay. Interesting. Thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I was wearing a wonderful dress at the time. Beautiful. But uh, yeah, there is something about, I, I, I love um, romanticize or it's easy to romanticize, especially when you're younger, that kind of Neil Young, it's better to, you know, uh, burn out than fade away and, you know, die young and leave a good looking corpse. And as you get older, you're like, fuck that. I want to be here and keep changing and evolving. And it, I'm fascinated by the whole thing. And I'd like to keep creating and see what I can do. And if people prefer the earlier stuff or they don't like what I'm doing now, I'm going to keep trying. Yeah. Yes. I'm thinking of Beethoven again. There's some, some of the just amazing stuff came out at the very end of his life. And yeah, that could could happen for any of us. Is he deaf at that point? Oh yeah, totally deaf. How is that? How did, so as, as a musician, how does that work? I've never quite understood how he could work so well without such a crucial part of his, <laughs> one of his senses, you know, for music. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't, I mean, I don't know how he, he did what he did when he could hear. That's, uh, it's amazing, but, um, yeah, I guess he's just hearing it all in his head, but I, some, some pianists will say like the, those late sonatas, there's parts that are just so dense and it's really hard to play. Um, it's hard to play in a way that sounds clear. Mm-hmm. Um, and so maybe he, he, he had trouble with that because he, he couldn't hear. And he also was hearing everything in his head much faster than normal uh, because when you're physically playing it, um, you know, it takes time to move your fingers or... Uh, just the mechanics of yeah, playing it, yeah. Key, or, yeah. or if you're conducting an orchestra to move move the baton through the air, all these things uh, slow the music down. So he, they had metronomes by the time he died, and he was leaving metronome markings that now most conductors have to ignore because they're just way too fast. They don't sound good. So they're ignoring Beethoven. <laughs> <laughs> he wrote out what to do, and they're like, "Yeah, that's just Beethoven. We're just going to ignore that." Beethoven. Yeah. I'm just want to geek for a second about guitars because that's kind of a fascination hobby of mine but i i listened to your episode with jack white that's i love one of his new albums so much yeah favorite album of the year so he's uh he's fantastic i very satisfying for me to have him uh you know to in in my life as a friend because he i met him and meg when they were kids before they were famous whoa i met them in a bowling alley and I've mentioned it, uh, been in discussions. Yeah, amazing. I famously chased you off my lawn. <laughs> Remember? <laughs> my lawn and you were playing baseball and I said, get off my lawn! <laughs> I threw a rock at you, remember? I We we saw them <laughs> kind of right before they became famous too. Mm-hmm. In, was it 2001? We played Spaceland under an assumed name, Goat Punishment. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> It was the I last, remember this. That's we, a great name. I remember. Goat Punishment. Yeah. We, we booked the show at the last second, and there was a band playing that night already. And, and they said, oh, don't, we'll, we'll bump them. And so I, they, I guess they, they played, they ended up playing earlier in the night. And uh, and it was it was the White Stripes. And I've never seen a two-person band before. It yeah. blew my mind. At the time, it was so shocking. You know, yeah. it's, it, others have done it now. But at the time, it was, you can't do that. You yeah. have to at least have a bass player and yeah. probably another guitar player. This yeah. just isn't right. Uh, someone should call the authorities. You know, it, it did feel. <laughs> but um, yeah, I was uh, very lucky. I mean, that's that's a way that I feel. I mean, I've been blessed in many ways, but just the idea that 
between Jack and Meg, the White Stripes, and all these different bands. But you guys, I mean, I just, our musical director, all those years at Late Night and all through TBS, uh, Jim Pitt, um, who's responsible for so much of the great music we had on the show. And we and I were, he and I were talking before you showed up today, and he said, you gotta see um, Weezer's first appearance and I usually have trouble watching me, especially yeah. from the early days. I haven't gone back and watched it either. Well, you'd be really happy. I, um, I know my hair is not good. I've seen pictures. <laughs> well, if you think your hair is not good, um, <laughs> I look like uh, someone shot a pastry at my head. Um, <laughs> I look at it now, and when enough time goes by, it doesn't even feel like it's you. Uh -huh. So I'm just watching this guy who has a show introduce Weezer when they're for their first TV appearance. And then I'm watching you guys kill it. And that's one of my favorite bands. And then it's over and I'm not, I turned to Jim and I said, I don't really believe that that happened to us. You know what I mean? It feels like, I don't know if that's making sense, but enough time has gone by where that just feels like a whole other thing. And then the idea that I was anyway involved makes me just so feel so fucking lucky you know That's it cool. was really cool that yeah. uh we were around in the early 90s at a time when there was so much really felt like something special was happening yeah, in music yeah it did like i said the only thing that stands out to me is me coming over at the end and i give you this back then i was just trying so hard to be professional as opposed <laughs> to just be myself so i come over hmm. and i quickly shake your hand and go well thank you thank you thank you thank you to like <laughs> you guys and then i'm like wheezer everybody we'll take a break we'll be right back you know and uh <laughs> i look like i just sold you a used car oh, very good very good enjoy it it's a Toyota prius should do well you know i mean you guys drive off a lot it really uh really makes me happy i want to make sure we talk about what you're up to now because this this project is so cool it's seasons but it's s z n z yeah and so ambitious it's for well i'll let you describe it because it's really cool yeah so it's called seasons and mm -hmm. there's spring summer autumn and winter and each one comes out on the first day of its respective season and together they kind of all add up to a something that feels like a whole. Each album has a primary emotion. Spring is optimistic. Mm -hmm. Summer is angry. Uh, autumn is anxious. Winter is sad. Each album has a primary genre. So spring is supposed to sound kind of like Island in the Sun. Mm -hmm. uh, summer is supposed to sound like alternative 90s rock. And Autumn, which is about to come out, is, is like dance rock, Franz Ferdinand, is that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And 90s, uh, sorry, Winter is like 90s singer-songwriter, Elliot Smith, that kind of thing. Wow. That, that is such a great That's idea. Amazing. Oh, That's an amazing wow. idea. Thanks. No, I mean, it no really, one's ever I mean, said that. <laughs> oh, I, I, you, <laughs> no one said the that. The three of us just all at the same time, and we don't agree on anything. No. But it's so funny how everyone in the room just now, yeah. you know, Matt and Sona and Matt, well, all of us are just like, Oh, that's just awesome. What a great idea. It really is. What now, what inspired you? Well, it all started with Dropbox because <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Beethoven said the same thing. Uh, um, I just every day I, I just write and I don't think about where a song is going to go. I don't, I don't it's just whatever sounds cool to me in the moment. But because of Dropbox, I would just sort them into these different folders. And, well, this sounds kind of like dance rock, so I'll put it in this folder. Or, this one sounds like 90s singer-songwriter. I'll put it over here. 
and everything was just all nice and neatly sorted and everything at home. And I didn't have to worry about, well, we're making this kind of album this year, so everything has to fit a particular sound. It just went to whatever folder it, it actually belonged in. And then I started thinking like, well, what can I do with all this? How can I tie it together? Or should I make four different albums or what? what? And, and somehow the, I remembered of all these four seasons and well, there's four seasons and yeah, maybe, maybe we can kind of tie it together under that umbrella. So you release one, is, is, is the whole project done now and you're just waiting to release them in time? No, we're, or we're, no? Kind of, we're kind of doing it in real time. So wow. like, we're like, we just turned in autumn and it's going to come out and obviously, what is it? September 21st. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's a very last minute and for, for the fans, it's been fun to watch it, it all happen in real time. Watch Weezer scramble to meet the deadlines. <laughs> Did you find that you were angry when you were making Summer? I was definitely anxious when I was making Autumn. <laughs> no, yeah, I did, I did, I did, I did feel, I did feel. Um, I, know, I maybe I was just noticing it because it was on my mind, but I, I, I have felt those um, those emotions uh, as I was making each album. I'm, I'm a little worried about winter. Now yeah, you're gonna get sad. Yeah. yeah. We're just starting that one now. I could come by like an <laughs> ice cream cake. Oh, no. well, I, I, but I need to be sad. Yeah. <laughs> With an ice cream cake. Well, it's not going to be a good, here's the thing. It's not going to be a good ice cream cake. Oh, okay. It'll yeah. just make him more sad? Yeah. And it's going to say, I hate you on it. <laughs> That's a terrible idea. Well, it's going to make him sad. <laughs> You didn't let me finish. God, these guys jump in whenever I think I have a really good idea. They totally screw with me. It's not right. That's very, I mean, that's... That is really cool. Using, uh, obviously, uh, technology, you're using computers, you're using um, programming. Do you find that that helps you? Do you use it to write songs? Do you ever use, I mean, you know deconstruct songs and almost uh, using a, an algorithm or anything like that? Have you ever gotten into that? Um, yeah, I, I've always, since I was a teenager, I was interested in music theory, music history, and also just kind of analyzing songs. And, you know, it's pretty basic stuff like how many bars is, is the average verse? I feel like my verse is, is a little long. Mm -hmm. well, what does everyone else do? And then I'll just go and analyze 100 songs and see how, how many bars are in the verse. So it's basic stuff like that. But uh, then I realized uh, I can keep all this stuff in Google Sheets. So once I've looked it up, I can keep it. And and I've, I've, I've hoarded massive amounts of data that way. And then I, uh, it was such a pain to, to work out the formulas in Google Sheets that I started learning computer programming because it's a much easier way to kind of go through all the data and um, refresh it. I can, you know, write little scripts that, that go to Spotify and say, all right, how many, how many uh, streams has this, have, all, have these thousand songs gotten? And then I can sort and say, okay, here's the most popular songs. How many bars do the popular oh songs God. have? And, you know, that sort of basic question. Yeah, but that can really, it's interesting because that's, there's a yin and yang to that. There's a, there's an upside and then there's a downside that you might get too in, too introspective about it, or you know, I don't know. Too analytical, yeah. Too analytical. I I don't do a lot. I, yeah. To me, it's the fun part is writing the script. Sure, uh, that's yeah. the really fun part. And uh, I'd be fascinated to know. And I, I'm don't. I know you don't know the answer, but just using that kind of uh, program, trying to figure out which of the most of the popular bands of the last 30, 40, 50 years, which are the ones that are most atypical that have managed to be successful being the most atypical, meaning it, they, they don't fit 
they don't fit that uh, that structure. Mm. I don't know. I don't know what the answer would be. You know, it yeah, might be like I think the B fifty twos or something. <laughs> I don't know. Some a rush. Some, well, yeah. Well, we don't talk about rush. <laughs> really? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> kidding. I just like to. I'm an arbitrary, cruel king who comes up with weird rules at the last second. Yeah, I don't know what it would be, but um, I'd be fa- I'd be kind of fascinated to to know. And you can see bands like obviously the Beatles start out like there was a very clear they were using the where's the bridge, the middle they would call it, and. They would work it out. But then even early on, they're doing things that are just strange. Mm-hmm. And at the time were very strange. They worked, but they were using chords that were strange. And they were doing two bridges that didn't match. And you're like, what are they doing? And why did they do it that way? What gave them the confidence to know they could do it that way? Mm. So I don't know. All of that is fascinating to me. Mm. Maybe to no one else, I apologize. <laughs> If you just fell asleep. You should. The silence. <laughs> it was painful. Well, come on. I'm allowed to muse. Aren't I allowed to muse occasionally? Sure, okay. Yeah. You're going to put crickets in there, aren't you? <laughs> and a little rush. <laughs> and a little rush. A little Getty Lee. Um, well, I want to make sure I get the word out. Spring and summer uh, have been released. Uh, also, autumn is uh, is just out. And uh, winter will be out on December 21st. It's such a cool concept. We're, we're, we're also, we're performing winter in its entirety um, un- under the name Goat Punishment at the Troubadour in a few weeks. Oh, You're kidding. Cool. Really? Yeah. Uh, no. this, it's to kind of uh, learn this, force us to learn the songs and, you know, get them under our belt. So that when we go to record it, it'll, we'll be in better shape. Oh, that's cool. Uh, at the Troubadour. Uh, goat uh, Punishment. Field trip? Okay, yeah. field trip, yeah. yeah. And I accept your offer to play ukulele with the guys. You're welcome. <laughs> sorry. sorry. <laughs> it's it's got to it's be sad ukulele. <laughs> Trust me, when I pick up a ukulele, it's sad. Uh, Rivers, this has been a real pleasure. It's been uh, funny and sweet and um, just a great conversation and... I admire what you've done and I wish you continued success. And uh, thanks so much. You you took a chance on me in 94 and here we are still in the game. So this just makes me really happy. Yeah, same here. Let's do it again in what, 30 years? <laughs> yes, 30 years. Yes, I'll, I'll be a brain in a jar, but I'll still be going. <laughs> hey, thank you. Thank you. Today's episode is brought to you by Cap'n Crunch. This has meaning for me, okay? Because I grew up as a child obsessed. My brothers and I were obsessed with sugar cereals. We loved Cap'n Crunch. And then when they came out with Cap'n Crunch and Crunch Berries, oh. I just, it was like Oppenheimer. <laughs> I saw a white light and I knew that life had changed forever. And true story, I was just back in Boston visiting my brother, Neil. And not kidding, he is two years older than me. We are grown-ass adults. What do we do? We sit down at our kitchen table in Brookline, Mass., and we both crack open a box of Cap'n Crunch with Crunch oh Berries. My God. And we had it together, multiple bowls. And I was so happy. Oh, it's nice that you have that. It really is. Break away from the ordinary with Cap'n Crunch and bring back the spirit of adventure to your mornings. Everyday life can be stressful, but I've got to tell you, it's just such a sense memory for me. Not just original Cap'n Crunch, which is great. Then, 
oops all berries yeah, they came up with. I remember that. Usually I don't eat foods that have oops in the title. <laughs> but when they came up with oops all berries, I was there. Peanut butter. Oh my God, peanut butter crunch is fantastic. It turns the milk into this cool peanut butter milk. I love it. Join the crew for your next breakfast time crunch venture. That's a word now. Buy Captain Crunch's new Cinnamon Crunch now at a retailer near you and learn more at CaptainCrunch.com. Neil, we made it! <laughs> With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. Sounds pretty good, huh? Doesn't it, Sona? I, I like that. Yeah, you like it. This means you can earn on what you want, like trying out the new workout class mm. and uh, 2% cash rewards and what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. You're always asking about a foam roller. Yeah, I love to work out. And use a foam roller. And That's the beauty. Foam it up. That's foam it up. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. I don't know where they come up with these things. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Okay, we've got a reason to celebrate. Oh. It's Sona's birth month. Oh. Yes. Where she celebrates the entire month for her birthday. But this is a big one. This is a, it's a big one. It's 40. Yeah. Yeah. We're all going to have big birthdays coming up. I know. No, you don't want to talk about it? Sure. I mean, I, my birthday doesn't come up for another six months. Yeah. So I'm not but even thinking about it. milestone birthdays, all three of us. I don't really think so. I don't think of it that way. Um, I'm not hung up on age. As they say, age is just a number. So I don't think about it much. But yeah, I, I see what your point is. These are all going to be big birthdays. Yeah. Let's just come out with it. You're turning 60. Mm -hmm. I'm turning 50, and mm -hmm. Sona's turning 40, all yeah. within seven or eight months. But, uh, yeah, my, mine isn't until April, so I don't like being rushed along. Mine's not till May. So. Mine's now. <laughs> That's why I brought it up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, Do I don't you like guys this, celebrate? I don't all like month? this rushing thing. Of, you <laughs> no. Know, well, Conan, you're practically you know 80. I'm like, what? I didn't How say did that. You happen? just said you don't mind yeah, it, and seems now like you're you do. now you're snowballing it to you to to you being 80. I'm as young as I've ever been. <laughs> you're getting. Very I'm younger defensive. now than I ever was. Okay. You're at, act your age. Uh, are, are we still? Cool? My hip hurts. We're still cool. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, are you kidding? Yeah. Right. Especially me and you. That's a youth quake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, we're taking the world by storm. Uh, these, are, in, no, these are, these are, I guess, yeah, these are, I guess you would call them milestone birthdays that are coming up. Yeah. But um, as I say, it's uh, six months away. So as far as I'm concerned, I'm 38 years old. Doesn't oh, quite no, work like that's that. That's not how it works That's how it works no, for me. No. Also, um, have you seen me? I am jacked. I mean, do you, do you mean like put up on cinder blocks and raised like a car? Is that what you mean? Oh yeah, I didn't mean working. Okay. Out. Oh. Yeah, no, I'm I am jacked. I'm I'm. They're working on my undercarriage. There's, there's there's fluids leaking all over the floor. What are they doing to it? Uh, Come on. They thought they knew what the problem was, but they can still hear the buzzing sound. Yeah. 
and um, there's just ba- <laughs> spare parts all over the place. How's your piston? Oh, uh, man. Come on, Matt. <laughs> they hey, can't happy even, birthday. They can't oh, even find it. Oh, God. <laughs> the piston was misplaced. Awful gift so this is. Yeah. No, so this is your, you're talking about, yeah. you, you celebrate for a whole month. I think yeah. I don't even celebrate for my birthday for a whole day. Yeah, mm. why? I love birthdays. Me too. I love my birthday. I'll celebrate I'll celebrate all year if I could, but that would be weird. But I, yeah, I like celebrating all month. How come you don't like celebrating your birthday? I just don't, you know why? I'm going to be honest with you. I always feel like, well, I didn't do anything. Oh, Did you know what I mean? Like I, On I, that one day a year, you can't give yourself the little gift of just, hey, let's celebrate me. Uh, I, I don't know. It, it feels, I get a little... It's funny because I'm being um, being honest. I I just always have felt like, well, what did I do? I was just <laughs> thrust into this earth uh, oh. against my will. I wanted to stay in. in I don't know, now you're making me doubt wait, my birthday. You, yeah, you wanted to stay in the womb. <laughs> in the uh, it was nice in there. Mean? The minute I came out, I realized there was so many other brothers and sisters. <laughs> and when I was in there alone, it was you know it was nice. And that you were some, only alone in there for a little while, right? Uh, yeah, I mean exactly. I mean in in my there was just so many kids that yeah. uh, many you know a lot of people can't remember when they were in the womb. I remember, and oh. I remember like this was some me time. Wow, this was real me wow. time. Yeah. Well, maybe for your birthday you could just I don't know like come back and womb? get a hefty bag full of jelly or something <laughs> and warm it up and go in there and. <laughs> Yeah, and listen to some uterus. listen to some songs that were on the charts in 1963. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, a great idea. Yeah, <laughs> he's so fine. <laughs> oh. uh, no, no, I'm 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 not anti-birthday, but um, I usually my favorite thing to do is just you know go to dinner as as an excuse to that's just nice. go to dinner with some people, but. The whole thing of, um, hey, happy birthday, and here's something for you always makes me a little self-conscious. Oh, and I it's don't not, like it. It's not the age thing. It's just me feeling, um, I don't know. It's so funny because I'm someone who my whole life has been, I love going out in front of people and uh, whatever, entertaining them. But I feel like that's something that I'm doing. That's me mm. doing my job uh, as opposed to yay and what did I do? Well, you lived 60 years. I mean, that's no small feat. Yeah, I don't know why you're rushing my birthday. It's oh. unbelievable. You keep acting like it doesn't bother you. But yeah. Well, it's another thing to say like, well, so not. I mean, 50, that's a big one. And you're like, what are you talking about? Well, it's coming up. You seem kind of defensive. Uh, this has not, you know, I've got six months to process this. Okay. I'm still in my 50s. Right. And I'm not going to have you um, turn this whole segment prematurely <laughs> Into a I'm 60 when that's not what I'm trying to do. I was just trying to wish so. Oh, I know exactly what you're trying to do. Happy 50th to you, too, Matt. This is about you. You're practically 57 when you think about it. How do you figure? Well, it's coming pretty quick. I mean, I I feel and look that way, yeah. But other than that, I think you use a cane and you don't need to. That's an affectation. I know. (laughs) Gorley has a walker that he bought at the Rose Bowl swap meet. Yeah. And he got it because it was vintage. Mm -hmm. It was one of those really cool. cool 40s vintage walkers. Yeah. And he uses it. Yeah. And I've seen old people who needed one and you've. Fuck them. Yeah. No, I think I think uh, I don't know how I'm going to react when my birthday rolls around, but I I think I'll be pretty cool. I do tend to take 
um, the attitude that, wow, I've been on earth this long yeah. as being, I think that's how people used to feel about getting old because right. nobody, very few people had the chance to get old yeah. in our recent history. Yeah. For most of mankind, if someone turned 50 or 60 or 70, it was a sign of this is cool. This is, wow, you've been here. And people would go to you for wisdom. We don't do that anymore mm -hmm. with our elderly. Yeah. Well, we, because uh, also we, we're aging better. You look great. You don't look 60. And you do not look Well, I'm 40. not. You are. I'm 59. You look 59 and <laughs> and six months. No, you don't you know, even you really, look that. You don't, you don't look 60, Matt. I'm, I might. <laughs> you don't. You look fine. No, I, look, we all know. I think we're all real hot. You don't get, first of all, Sony, you know that no one just gets my body. Okay. That's, I, I immediately an, regret that's an complimenting you. It's an you. incredible amount of work. No uh. one gets your body. They're cursed with it. <laughs> <laughs> this body is a burden. Um, no, I, uh, you know, I, 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 I do the best I can. But you do have a good body, though. That's the thing. Now it's getting creepy. I mean, but, a really nice body. Thank you. I... <laughs> I'm proud of us because Sona's going to be, you're going to be 40. How soon's your birthday? I know I'm supposed to know this. October 13th. Yeah, whatever. I'll have David remind me. What? I just told you. You can't remember it? It's already gone. Okay. Oh, David, the other assistant will remember. April 18th. But um, that's a big deal. How do you feel about turning 40? I'm cool with it. Yeah. Should I feel different? No. Should we feel different? I mean, no. I don't know. It, You've got a wonderful husband, two beautiful boys. Yeah, yeah. Cool. You've got a really nice house. I'm chilling. You're um, working with Conan O'Brien. Oh, God. <laughs> this is, I mean, uh, it's the jackpot. You yeah, know? I, I really am like in a happy place. I don't I don't know when you get to the point where you're like, oh, like when does a midlife crisis happen? Oh, it is happened that to me late 40s. Yeah. Oh, okay. Hard. Yeah, we uh, Did you get a Corvette? No, I bought a margarita maker. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that was your midlife crisis. Yeah, and had it installed in his Corvette. That's I the do problem. call it my hot rod. <laughs> you got a margarita maker? Amanda bought it for me for my birthday, but it was my midlife crisis toy. Yeah, it's actually a frozen concoction maker from Margaritaville, the Jimmy Buffett brand. Okay. Oh, I hope wow. You're getting, I hope you're getting paid. No, but I would. Uh, I'm not, uh, that's interesting. I don't know. I'm going to think about what I want for my birthday this year. What, what are you going to want this year? Oh, I, I guess I'm, I might be a little like, I like just a dinner with friends, but it's 50th. So we'll, maybe we'll have a party or something. I don't know. Right. It's just something in the backyard or something. I don't know. What about you, Sona? What's the plan for the Oh, I'm, well, it's birth month, so it's a lot of dinners with a lot of people, and then uh, my trip, a trip with my family. Very entitled to have a birth month. How dare you? Oh, I'm sorry. It, just to say, oh, and this whole month is mine. Uh, where do you get off saying you no, have a birth I, month? There's a lot of people I want to see, and so it's like, hey, let's you know, well, using you, your you birthday as an them. excuse to see people. No, Isn't but, it nice? But it's also pressuring them to get you a gift. What no, do you do with nobody other... gets gifts anymore. It's not like I'm turning, you know. Five. I I don't want people to get me gifts. No one gets gifts. I don't want to do a gift thing. <laughs> I expect a gift on my birthday. You want me to get you a gift? Yes. It's especially but you this have year. So much stuff. <laughs> Why do you say that? Why do you say I have so much stuff? Because you're a very wealthy person. It's all relative. Okay. I mean, compared to Bill Gates, it is hard to buy you a gift. That's you are not a hard true. person yeah. to buy a gift for. Not true. Yeah. Okay. It's true. What really? Yeah. Anything. I'm happy with anything as long as it costs over 
like twenty five hundred dollars. I'm happy with it. Can I just write you a check? That's fine. Okay. Yeah. No, my limit for twenty five hundred, and you would catch it. My baseline is twenty five hundred dollars. That is my baseline. You can't. My mother collect checks from your employees for your birthday. My mother a few years ago made wrote me a little note on my birthday, and I sent it back to her, and I said, "This I want twenty five hundred dollars minimum." And she didn't. She didn't have it. She had to take out a loan. That's not nice. You should just. Build into our pay for the company an extra twenty no, five hundred dollars. Come on, you guys do fine, and I think um, I'm a I loom large in your lives, and I oh, think yeah. uh, twenty five hundred dollars a piece is fair. Uh, check is fine. I prefer cash or crypto. Okay, I'll you wouldn't you know crypto. what to do with crypto. Uh, I just, just I just transferred me. crypto into your account. Then you know what. I know so little about crypto. I'm assuming you did. Oh did. yeah, so did right. I. Boop, 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 oh, oh, boop, boop. oh, boop, boop. <laughs> yeah, oh, well, boop, I guess boop, it, I guess in, well, if, if I heard boop, boop, then I must have crypto. I used boop, boop coin, and I gave you twenty five thousand biggie bits. Well, and I'll use some back. Okay, I'm gonna give you some. Oh, well, this ended stupidly. Yeah, it did. Happy birthday, Sona. Thank you. Happy birth year, Sona. Thank you. Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend With Conan O'Brien, Sonam Obsessian, and Matt Gorley Produced by me, Matt Gorley Executive produced by Adam Sachs, Joanna Solitaroff, and Jeff Ross at Team Coco And Colin Anderson and Cody Fisher at Earwolf Theme song by The White Stripes Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino Take it away, Jimmy Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, and our associate talent producer is Jennifer Samples. Engineering by Will Beckton. Additional production support by Mars Melnick. Talent booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Britt Kahn. You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and you might find your review read on a future episode. Got a question for Conan? Call the Team Coco hotline at 323-451-2821 and leave a message. It, too, could be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Earwolf. If you're on a GLP-1, you're probably loving the results. You look good. But how do you feel? How about the stomach issues? Loss of muscle mass? Lacking energy? All of those side effects can take a toll. So now what? The answer is GNC. We have solutions that can help address those side effects and make sure you don't get knocked off your path. Because when it comes to living healthy, we're all about it. And that includes keeping you going on your GLP-1 journey. GNC. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30.